0: This is 8 Minutes, a podcast helping you understand the energy transition in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Paul Schuster. Today, we're unpacking the concepts behind PPAs, or Power Purchase Agreements, and their close counterparts, VPPAs, or Virtual Power Purchase Agreements. These financing mechanisms are the underpinning for so much that happens in renewable energy, and we're going to make certain that you understand the concepts by the end of this session. 8 Minutes. It's about how long it takes for the suns rays to hit earth, or, if I'm doing my math correct here, about how long it takes Santa Claus to deliver presents to 12 and a half million children. Dang, he's getting it on. Let's do the same. Renewable energy projects can be expensive. A solar system for your house can be $50,000, dollars $70,000 or more, and a big utility scale project can be on the order of hundreds of millions of dollars. That's a lot of green to cough over in order to go green. And if you're going to take a loan to cover that initial cost, well, the banks want to see some sort of guarantee that there's going to be money on the back end to pay that loan off. Enter the Power Purchase Agreement, or PPA. It's a contract for an off-taker to purchase the energy from the power project at a negotiated price and over a fixed duration. Most of the time, this is a fixed price or a price that escalates at a given rate each year, which gives needed stability and assurance to the power project. Without a PPA, the project would then be selling power into the open market and be exposed to all the volatile price swings and uncertainties that come with that. Instead, the PPA provides a stable revenue stream. As long as the project produces power, the offtaker purchases it at a given price which, for renewable power projects, means that a lot of analysis goes into how much electricity that project is likely to produce over the tenor of the PPA contract. For a gas plant, the power generated is basically just a matter of opening up the valve and feeding the turbines enough gas to meet their power commitment. But a wind project or solar project, that's going to be a lot more intermittent. To get around this, financing entities have gotten comfortable with certain probabilities of power production. But because they are super risk-averse, they've been comfortable with really, really low probabilities of loss, like 1%. See, renewable projects aren't financed at their expected average production. Rather, the bank looks at that 1% probability where the wind doesn't blow all year or where the sun hides behind clouds or ash or some other blockage. That worst-case situation, that's what the bank will finance. So the developer hopes and expects the output to be a lot more in reality. In financing talk, this is the P99 production. P standing for probability and 99 for 99%. In other countries, maybe banks will finance projects at P95 or 95%, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that over the course of a year, the production of a renewable energy asset is really carefully modeled. And all the situations are boiled down to the worst-case scenario around which the project is built. Now, who are these off-takers? Sure, all this sounds good for a project. Stable, secure revenue streams mean financiers are willing to front the capital. But who are the off-takers, and why do they enter into these arrangements? The off-taker of a PPA can basically be anyone that consumes or sells energy. For really big projects, this is usually utility, where the utility comes in and negotiates a fixed-price PPA that's lower than the average cost of electricity in the market. That way, the utility can supply electricity to all of their customers, knowing exactly what the supply cost is going to be for the next 12 to 20 years, and it keeps the utility from having to buy power on the open market. Wait, did I just say that the fixed price is lower than market prices? Yes. And this is the big reason PPAs are so popular. The project gives up the potential upside from selling the power into the market, something called a merchant position, by instead fixing the price to the PPA offtaker. That fixed price, though, is super enticing to banks, which allows the project to get the money needed to get built in the first place, a win-win-win situation all around. But utilities don't have to be the only type of offtaker. Households, for instance, could be another type of off-taker. Consider the solar panels installed on your roof. Instead of fronting the money yourself, the developer could own those panels and simply sell you the power being generated. I mean, it wouldn't be free power the way it would if you owned the panels outright. But in return for not having to fork over 50K in cash right away, you can instead buy green renewable energy at a discount to the going market rate. Today, in late 2022, that discount could be as high as 18 to 25% off the price of electricity that you're paying today. PPAs are becoming a lot more common of an option for homeowners that want solar but can't afford the upfront cost. I'll speak for myself in that my family, we went to solar a couple of years ago and fixed our price on a 20-year PPA. Since then, electricity prices have really skyrocketed, while our PPA remains constant. It's a relief, let me tell you. Now, beyond utilities and homeowners, businesses can also participate with PPAs. Some can do so in practically the same manner as a homeowner, lock in a fixed price and let the developer own the project on the roof. But there is another slightly more complicated contract that has emerged over the past decade or so for really large corporations. This is called a Virtual Power Purchase Agreement or VPPA. Now, the PPA is what is known as a physical contract. The off-taker, whether it's a utility or house or whatever, actually takes ownership of the power and has to do something with that power. For my house, I got a teenage daughter, so yeah, we use that power. For a utility, they turn around and sell it to their customers. But a VPPA is set up differently. Instead of a physical contract, it's a financial derivative contract. The off-taker never actually takes control of the power. Okay, let me explain. The VPPA is also known as a contract for differences. This means that the off-taker and the project agree to a price for the power, say $20 a megawatt hour. That's fixed. No matter what happens in the electricity market, the off-taker will always pay $20 for each megawatt hour that the project produces. Here's where it gets a bit more complicated. Because in order to make that happen, The project sells the power into the open market at whatever the rate the market is at that time. If it's $30, the project sells power into the market at $30. And on the other side of that market is the offtaker, who has to buy power at $30. But that $20 VPPA, it hedges out that price by having the project give that extra $10 difference that they made to the corporate offtaker. The project then is selling power at $30 and giving away $10, so their power is basically being sold at $20. And the off-taker is buying power at $30, but they're getting an additional $10, so they essentially have bought power at a net of $20. See how that works? It works when prices go down, too. Say the project sells at $15 and the off-taker buys at $15. Then it's the off-taker who cuts a $5 check back to the developer to make everyone whole. The VPPA, that contract for differences, is all about truing everyone up based on the difference between the negotiated price and the market price. As you can imagine, lots of additional complexity come into play on PPAs and VPPAs. Complicated structures such as escalators, collars, resource insurance, and other financial tools all help to de-risk that basic contract. And more recently, firms are emerging to handle risk around credit. I mean, these can be 20-year contracts, so credit is kind of a big deal. As financial institutions innovate around how to address that risk, hopefully it opens up the PPA market to be even wider. The PPA and VPPA are two financial instruments that have become incredibly important to the growth of the renewable energy industry. Not consigned to just big utilities or corporations, even households are taking advantage of these contracts to quickly and easily transition to renewable energy. I'm Paul Schuster, and this has been your 8 Minutes.